TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in. Hoist the colors on this Monday, February 5th edition of the program. It is going to be a baseball-heavy edition. We're very excited to be welcoming our guests. We'll get to that here in a second. We recorded our first interview with Cliff Goblin. We'll do that every Monday. Patrick Johnson and I, you can hear the full interview on the Patrick Johnson Show today at 5 o'clock, and then we'll re-air some of that tomorrow for Tuesday. But Cliff Goblin, head baseball coach, we are 11 days away from first pitch, it's hard to believe. And we've got a baseball player in studio. We're going to have two today. Jacob Starlin will join us later. We've got Cam Clonch in studio now. And, Cam, you guys are uh, you're almost there, man, to the season. Does it feel real yet? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I guess going into my senior year, it's, uh, it's it's came up a lot faster than I expected. But um, I think the guys are ready to go. I'm excited to see uh, – what this team can do uh it's a it's a special feeling every time you walk in the clubhouse um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be special senior year man it feels like just yesterday you were committing and becoming a freshman at ecu like how fast has it gone by man it's it's flown by it seems like just yesterday we were uh getting our nose swabbed for covid (laughs) tests yeah what a year uh, to come in (laughs) yeah it was seemed like every other day we had to get our nose swabbed and yeah, it's flown by. I wish I could slow it down a little better than I have, but, um, yeah, it's gone by real quick. We are live on YouTube, Facebook. If you got a question for Cam or Jacob, who will join us later, drop it there. We'll get to it throughout the next hour. So how would you kind of assess, Cam, how the, the, the offseason has gone <laughs> for you guys as a team thus far? Yeah, we've had a we've had a great offseason. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard it uh, before, but um, – We've took some some really big strides. We've added a lot of pieces to the puzzle, um, a lot of transfers that are going to play big roles. There's some freshmen that are very talented, and uh, it we had a great off season, great great job in the weight room. Um, you know, everybody's getting better on the field and off the field, and taking care of what we need to take care of. We had uh, Carter Cunningham in here a few weeks ago. He's kind of he kind of talked about how he's transitioned to first base along with yourself, and he kind of gave you a lot of credit for helping him grow defensively in that role. So, well, and he said it wasn't even, like obviously y'all are competing, you know, to play or, or start or whatnot. But he said like it's almost like a, a really good friendship too. So, kind of walk us through what that is like every day at practice. You guys both taking reps over there and everything. Yeah, man. Uh, me and Carter go way back. Uh, this was his first year here and my second year, and uh, we were we were road roommates for my sophomore year, and I guess that would be his uh, redshirt junior year. And uh, man, we got tight <clears throat> uh, playing cards in the hotel room and um, just kind of picking each other's brain about life. And uh, it's been awesome to have him over there. He, he we we push each other um it's like like he said it's it's really not a competition I, i'm a very competitive guy but um man we bounce ideas off of each other ask questions um and he's he's a great leader and and uh i like to think that i've 
learned a lot from him and as well as he's learned a lot from me. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good little deal we got going over there. Cliff Goblin has said he feels like this team can be the best player led like leadership team that he's had thus far. What you're a senior, so I'm sure you're a part of that. What do you feel like has kind of led to y'all being so tight knit and kind of forming that bond and, and being able to lead each other? Yeah, well when you look at uh when you look at the roster it's we're we're an older team. Um and like I said we got some young guys that um, are going to play key roles um, and and be a piece to the puzzle. But when you look at the overall leadership group, um, it's guys that have been there. It's guys that <clears throat> uh, not necessarily have played every day. Um, so you're getting uh, a, a little different of a perspective, I would say. Myself, I haven't uh, played every day. You can look throughout the whole uh, older older guy group and not everybody's played every day so I think having that perspective and uh keeping I mean just keeping everything about the team and and uh whatever you can bring to the table uh bring to the table and and we can roll from there so you've had obviously some huge home runs some huge moments but I always remember like I don't know if it was postseason last year but you get in there as a pinch hitter like you're crowding the plate, you're working the count, you're either getting hit by a pitcher, but you're finding a way on base and like kickstarting a rally or keeping a rally going. So like, take us through that mindset. Where does that toughness come from? Where it's all about the team in that moment, in a moment like that. Yeah, I mean, so my freshman year, I I really, I mean, you had Franny, Moylan, um, a bunch of older guys to to learn from, but I've always been kind of a a team first guy. I mean, uh, whatever I can do to help the team win, I'm going to do. So like you said, like those pinch hit ABs, like just getting in there and, and trying to grind and trying to find my way on base and just doing whatever I can to help the team win. So Cam Clonch is with us, first baseman, senior. And all right, so you're listed on the roster. I've noticed this uh, as an outfielder too. Do you still take reps in the outfield? Is that a thing of the past or what? Uh, so this year I really haven't been yeah. out there in the outfield. But yeah, I mean, uh, in my previous years during BP or whatever, uh, if we have two defenses, Coach Gowan's like, "Hey, go go uh, take some fly balls." I think I think we were at Carolina last year and. We had to pinch hit or pinch run early in the game, and I hadn't take, taken fly balls in who knows how long. I mean, probably weeks. And uh, he comes down there, and he's like, "He's like, hey, you're, you're gonna have to play left field." And I was like, "All right, that's 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 cool." Uh, he's like, "Well, can you catch the ball?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll catch it if I can get to it." <laughs> so, yeah. So you so if they need you in the outfield, you'll find a way, right? This yeah. Year. Absolutely. And then you were also at one point listed, it was like outfield slash first base slash left-handed pitcher. <laughs> so I know you, you obviously did pitch at, uh, in high school and you pitched, you pitched some for the dirt bags, right? Yeah. So did you ever have the, uh, the ability, I don't know, to pitch any scrimmages here or anything? Are, are you still asking Cliff or AK? Do you want to get in on the mound at some point? Yeah. I, we joke all the time about it. Um, and really, if, if I could keep my arm healthy, then, uh, who knows? I probably would have pitched a little bit, but yeah. So my freshman year in the fall, I threw. I mean, I threw every weekend. Um, and then when we played inner squads or pitcher hitter during the week, I would throw an inning. Um, and then I got sent off to summer ball after my freshman year, and I threw like I was throwing really good. I, I think I threw eight innings, 
and I uh, just started my forearm started tightening up, <clears throat> and then I so I shut it down the rest of that summer. And it kind of bothered me into the fall of my sophomore year. So I, I didn't pitch my sophomore year. And Coach Callen was like, well, do you really want to pitch or do you just want to focus on, you know, playing first base, playing outfield and and, uh, and working your hitting out? And I was like, yeah, let's just do that. And then I think the fall of my junior year, I threw a couple innings and I was just like, I'd rather focus on position. Position. Yep. So, well, give us the Cam Clouch, uh, the Cam Clouch uh, pitching scouting report. Like what, what, when you were healthy, <laughs> what, what were you bringing to that? Uh, I'm 85, 87. Uh, your typical lefty arm side sink, uh, decent slider, no change up. <laughs> it was a two pitch mix. Okay. So I feel I feel like it would have been an uncomfortable bat for a left handed hitter though. I don't know. Did you have any like funk to it? Any? Uh, yeah, delivery? it wasn't it wasn't a very clean delivery. Okay. Uh, by any means, but I don't know. I would just kind of go right at you with two pitches. So. Okay. I don't know. Six four lefty. I don't know if I want to see that on the mound. Uh, yeah. Cam Clunch with us. So take us through you know, your plate approach right now. Like, what do you feel like you're you're doing well? I know you had a couple good at bats. I was there Sunday in the scrimmage. You know, you look very comfortable at the plate. Uh, what do you feel like you're doing well? Where do you want to keep growing as a hitter? Uh, I think, I think honestly, uh, just sticking with my approach, not trying to do too much uh, early in my career. I uh, sometimes I would let the moment get too big, and I would, you know, pull off. Typical, typical left-hander, I would pull off real bad. So right now I'm just really trying to use the middle of the field and, and keep my direction uh, towards the batter's eye. And I think, I mean, you can you can always keep growing, but just slowing down, breathe a little bit, um, and staying in the staying in the present moment and using the middle of the field. <laughs> Henry Larty comes in, new hitting coach, also Bryant Packard coming back. How much have you enjoyed working with those guys? Obviously Cliff involved in hitting too, but how much have you have enjoyed working with, you know, Bryant and, and uh Coach Larty? Yeah, Henry has been great and and Pack as well. I, I kinda have a, a similar uh swing to Pack, so he's been great in helping me and uh and Henry as well, but uh they both came in with like a, a an open mind and it wasn't hey we're going to change this that and the other it was all right here's what you got and how can we how can we build you up from there so um having henry's been great and then pack you know he's he's a younger guy uh f- fresh out of professional baseball so he's he's brought a great perspective to the hitting as well you've always seemed very comfortable at first base defensively from what i've noticed so you know what? How much work goes into that side of the of the of your game? That maybe people like everybody <clears throat> wants to make a big deal about hitting, especially for a first baseman. But you seem you've, you've always been a plus defender at first base. So what's kind of led to that? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, we have uh, the best infield coach in the country, and um, just taking pride in defense. That's that's been Coach Godwin and Coach Palumbo's thing since I've gotten here. Is like. Uh, you got to be able to defend. Like if you want to play here, you got to be able to defend. And so, it's it's every day. NDD, um, it's taking pride in catching the baseball and um, communicating. Uh, that's a huge part of our uh, defensive play as well. Yeah, you know, obviously PFP pitcher uh, fielding practice. Like 
that communication when there's a ball like in between the mound and first base, like there's a you have to rep that a lot because it can get tricky. You see a lot of teams coming to Clark Claire and and mess it up. So like, how much do y'all put on put in work in that regard? Yeah, we we practice PFPs a lot, and like you said, we we kind of call it the. Uh, the, the triangle over there right. between first and second in the pitcher's mound. And uh, just really knowing um, your priorities and then just communicating up front, it, it makes those plays a lot easier. All right, <clears throat> Russ Walker on YouTube, he says, how many clutch launches are we seeing this year? So do you, ha- do you have a goal or is it one of those things that just, I don't know, happens as you as you yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever set a goal uh, as to how many uh, homers I'm gonna hit, because, like I said earlier, then I'm gonna try to just start pulling off and right. and yanking balls. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, however many, however many I hit is 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 okay with me. All right. So I was texting <clears throat> with some of my guys that we do a podcast with. I was like, who coined the phrase "clunch launch"? Because first off, it's a, it's an awesome phrase. Uh, Jonathan Wagner, who I do some work with, he he says he thinks he may have come up with it, but do you know if anybody else came up with it, or did you just like hear it one day? I, I'm not sure. Um, I think I would I would open Twitter one day, and it was kind of this new thing like right. the clunch launch. So I, I'm not sure who came up with it. I'm I don't know who gets the credit, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool phrase. You a fan of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we see some clutch launches uh, this year into the jungle. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll talk about Cam. First off, we'll go back to his recruitment. What led him to ECU? I got to ask him about the dirt bags uh, to make Trey Daly happy, uh, my boy who uh, helps run that organization. And then I want to talk about his uh, his background with some NASCAR stuff in Mooresville, North Carolina. So we'll get into all that with Cam Clunch after this break. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go. How good is this? On 94.3, the game. All right, back on Hoist the Colors on this Monday. All right, we got some comments. The audio and the stream was kind of low, so we just boosted that a bit. Let us know. If it sounds better or if it's too quiet still, we'll, uh, we'll boost it up some more. Philip Pilkington behind the glass is, uh, is on it. All right. We got Cam Clonch in studio, senior. And, uh, let's go back to your recruitment, Cam, out of Mooresville High School. And you were a part of, uh, obviously the Dirtbags organization. What, what led you to ECU during your recruitment process, uh, when that, when that went down? It was years ago, but take us through it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a long time ago. Uh, now that I think about it, but <clears throat> um, so coming up uh, through the recruiting process, I had a, a couple different schools, uh, but it, the phone call and the conversations were were nothing like anything. At, like ECU coach Palumbo at the time, uh, coach Roselle and and coach Godwin. It was just like a different feeling. Uh, it was it was way easier to have a conversation with all three of those guys, and it felt like home. And then I I came on a visit, and it really felt like home. So that was it was it was a very easy uh, decision for me. Do you remember how early you committed? Because baseball players, I mean, y'all commit, especially back then, so early, and still a lot of them do. But uh, w- what year were you in high school? So it was the summer after my freshman year of high school. Okay, it's yeah. just crazy how early y'all had to make a decision. Really, yeah, it? it was. 
so I mean, I'm the oldest in my family, and so I guess this was the first time uh, my parents had been through so-called the recruiting process, and they were just like, man, this seems like really early. Right. And with the help of Trey and uh, Trey Daly and Andy Parton, man, they made it. They made it real easy for me, and um, the the way you had to be in communication um, at that age was a little different. But yeah, it was. <clears throat> it seemed very early. Right. It's just crazy how it works. Just because I cover, I cover baseball recruiting, but just covering basketball and football, like guys commit, you know, after their junior year, a lot of times during that summer, and the baseball yard committed like freshman sophomore year. So it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. So Trey Daly. I text him a lot. I've known him for a while. Obviously, he's uh, an ECU guy. I got an ECU background, so uh, he made me. He wants me to ask a question about him and the Dirtbags, which I've got a ton of respect for the Dirtbags organization. I think y'all have an awesome organization. But how much did Trey Daly mean, and just the Dirtbags in general to your baseball career? Man, I, I can't say enough uh, good things about Trey. Man, he he took me in. I think it was the fall or the spring or the summer after my freshman year of high school and um, kind of just <clears throat> let me play and let me, you know, be who I was. And um, he, he did that with the whole team, though. It was – he just let us play, man. And, like, if – you know, if, if he had to say something, he would say something. But um, he is phenomenal at getting guys recruited – uh, getting our name out there, so I can't say enough uh, good things about Trey. I've always felt like the Dirtbags, y'all kind of have a natural toughness to the organization. Y'all like fit ECU well, the guys who come over. Do you kind of agree with that, like the mindset kind of fits in a lot of ways? Yeah, I agree. I, I think at one point, uh, my one of my Dirtbags teams had like six or seven ECU commits um, whether it was 2019s or 2020s, but I, I can't remember what year it was, but we had six or seven ECU guys. And, uh, like you said, I mean, <clears throat> you gotta, you gotta fit the mold to play here. And I think playing with the dirt bags really, really helps some of us, uh, fit the mold here. All right. So Mooresville, North Carolina, you were telling me it's kind of NASCAR territory. Uh, what, north, north of Charlotte, right? Northeast of Charlotte? Northwest. Northwest of Charlotte. Of Charlotte. Yep. So I'm a little bit of a NASCAR guy. Growing up, I was a Rusty Wallace fan. Like the, during the whole era of Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Labonte, Rusty Wallace, Darrell Walter, all that stuff. But I've kind of gotten out of it in recent years. You're a lot younger than I am. Just what was it like, kind of growing up there? And you got some friends and family that are big into NASCAR too. Yeah, NASCAR. I was telling I was telling you earlier uh, before we got on air, but so I live like a mile and a half uh, through the woods from where from where Dale Senior lived. And so <clears throat> you got the big race shop out front, and one of my best friends growing up, his dad, or his grandpa, uh, drove Dale Sr.'s uh, cars around, all like to all the races and stuff. So they had a bunch of Dale Earnhardt gear, and my dad's a huge race fan. Um, he was a big Matt Kenseth fan back okay. in the day, and uh, he grew up. Uh, I think it was the Hooters Pro Cup Series. He he uh, worked on a pit crew for a car all the way, pretty much high school and college. So I've grown up 
pretty much all around all racing. NASCAR. That's yeah. awesome. Philip is a big NASCAR guy. So, <clears throat> Philip, you got any questions? Uh, do y'all want to have a NASCAR conversation here? Well, he doesn't have an earpiece. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I so forgot his earpiece. Well, if you got a question, relay it to me. All right, will do. And I'll let you know. Um, have you been to any races? Yeah, so I've been to Bristol. I've been to Martinsville. I've obviously been to Charlotte race. Have you been I, to Daytona yet? I have not been to Daytona. So race season is like, you know, right, right. there around baseball season. Um, but I watch pretty much every race on the on the TV. Okay. So do you enjoy do you enjoy like the, the going to more night races now and you know less Sunday afternoon because you probably can't catch a lot of the Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I do. I really like the night races, <clears throat> and I think what they're doing with uh, the stages. And they're being stage winners. I think it's more enjoyable to watch. All right, so Cam Clanch will have uh, I tell you, we'll have a NASCAR update. We're going to get you on throughout the season four more times. So maybe because the Daytona 500 is right around the corner, really. So we'll get some NASCAR talk every time you're in there. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, what do you? I always get this question in the the preseason from fans. So I ask you: Is there a pitcher that? You just have trouble hitting in inner squads. That gives you a hard time. Uh, I would say, I would say probably Zach Root. Okay. Uh, it's just real funky, kind of jumps at you, and it's it's not a not a very comfortable at bat from the left side, um, and especially I crowd the plate a little bit, so. Um, He's going to run the fastball up to 95, and then he'll throw a breaking ball in there that just seems like it's never going to get to you. Uh, so I would say for me it's probably Zach Root. And he's got kind of that lean back and like just and he fires it. So it's got to be yeah. tough to pick up as a lefty, right? Yeah, it's it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any young, whether it be pitchers or position, uh, position players that have kind of caught your eye, Early in preseason, just guys who are making strides, stepping up that you could feel like you know help your team. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, there's there's a lot of pieces uh, to the puzzle, and man, there's been some really impressive young guys, some guys that have a ton of talent, and some some guys that come to mind uh, behind the plate. You got Walker Barron. Um, he's he's an unbelievable uh, freshman catcher and. <clears throat> Honestly, this spring his bats come around and and he's got a great swing. Uh, Colby Wallace, uh, he's uh, he's going to be a two way guy, so he's going to be. Uh, I'm not going to give scouting reports, right. but he's going to he's going to be able to fill it up on the mound, and then he's a great defender at third base. Um, can really swing it. Had a had a great fall, and then you got Bristol Carter. Uh, Really, really good athlete out there in the outfield, and he he just looks more comfortable out there every day, and uh, puts together quality at bats. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some guys, but uh, not a freshman, but a new guy, Chaz Myers. He's actually my roommate. He is from the West Coast, and uh, put him anywhere in the infield, right. and he can play. He's he's a great defender, and raked this fall so so we got a guy from the last question we'll get you out of here because i know you got class coming up your roommates with a guy from the west coast you're a like nascar guy from north carolina so what is that dynamic like have you tried to turn him on any uh stock car racing yet oh man he's uh he he's a character um he he doesn't he doesn't like racing obviously uh, there's there hasn't been a ton of racing since he's been here but 
Um, he's always he's always picking my brain, asking me questions about like stuff that we do over here that he's never experienced over there. But yeah, we're gonna gonna try to sit him down and watch a couple races this year. So. All right, we'll see how that goes as yeah. well. Chaz Myers, yeah, uh, he was playing some first as well. So when I was out there yesterday, so really excited about him transfer from Pacific. All right, Cam. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. We'll let you get out of here because you got a class to get to. But I appreciate the time and looking forward to, to having you on. Best of luck this season, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Cam Clunch. And all right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We are uh, waiting the arrival of Jacob Starling as well, ECU second baseman. So we'll talk to him when he gets in. Hoist the colors on a Monday. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. Jacob, 194.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Monday edition. Again, we're live on YouTube, Facebook, baseball-heavy edition of the show. It'll be baseball-heavy pretty much every Monday going forward as the season's just 11 days out. We talked to Cliff Godwin this morning, and that'll air on the Patrick Johnson Show today at 5 o'clock, and we'll re-air some of that as well on Tuesday's edition of Hoist the Colors. We'll talk to Cliff every Monday. We'll also talk to some ECU baseball players every Monday throughout the season. We now have Jacob Starling in studio. Jacob, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You could lean up oh, a little bit closer to the mic. Sorry, I forgot to give you proper mic etiquette All in good. studio. All good. Um, we've, we've interviewed you plenty, but maybe not in studio. Um, all right, so we talked to Cliff this morning. We were discussing this a little bit off the air, but you've been dealing with a blister yeah. on your foot. So, uh Fun stuff, right? At least better now than in season, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just happy it's not a broken bone or something. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just this blister on my big toe that just wouldn't go away and just kept getting worse and worse. So I took two days off of practice and then scrimmage on Sunday. So feeling good. Yeah, and you, you hit one to the wall. I can't remember who made the catch because I was out there yesterday um, and robbed you of a hit. Yeah. Who was that? Do you remember? Um, it was left field. It might have been Carter. Yeah. Carter was in left. Carter had some... He Riley had, was in center. Carter had another catch, too, where he crashed into the wall. So. Yeah, he robbed J-Dub of a yeah. over. So he had a good day defensively. Not bad for a converted first baseman, too. He's, he's playing everywhere. Um, well, how's the offseason been, Jacob? And, and look, you're a senior now. You know what this time of year is like, getting ready for the season. So how would you kind of assess it from your perspective? Um, out of my four years here, I'd say this is probably the best uh, preseason we've had. Um, just guys showing up every day, uh, not taking days for granted, and just getting after it every day. Um, yeah, I think it comes with a lot of experience, so we know like we know that to not take this time for granted. So that's been really good. We just had one of your you know fellow seniors, Cam Clunch, in here, who's who's been with you you know your whole time. And how have you kind of grown along with the rest of your senior class? Like, can you remember like day one learning, and now you're teaching those guys who are kind of used to be in your shoes? Yeah, it's crazy to see how far we've all come since our freshman year. I remember when we were freshmen and having no idea what we were doing and just, you know, showing up, going through the motions. But it's really cool to see how much we've all matured and just, you know, we realize the the job we have to show these younger guys. And I think we've done a great job. You're, uh, again, part of that senior class, which Cliff has kind of said, like, he feels like y'all can be one of the best player-led teams. I know it's not just the seniors, but what gives you that confidence that, you guys just kind of know what it takes to show up every day and and perform how you feel like ECU baseball players should perform. Yeah, I think we've just been through a lot of, you know, adversity in our four years here. Uh, 
most of the guys have gone through injuries, learned how to bounce back from that. You know, guys have gotten into stuff off the field that, you know, they had to learn from and mature from. So I think everyone has a different perspective of things they learned here. So credit to that. Jacob Starlin is with us, East Carolina's second baseman. Earlier in your career, you were, you know, playing behind Connor Norby. I remember you, you also play, used to play some center field, right? Didn't <laughs> yeah. you play, like, center field in, like, the Vanderbilt Super Regional or something? Vanderbilt like Super Regional and the Conference Tournament, yeah. Was that, like, just, I don't know, did you expect that or did that just kind of happen? Not at all. It just <laughs> happened. I don't think I practiced in center field at all. Like, not one day in practice. <laughs> but I for just some reason, s- they just threw me out there. I just remember Star going to center field. I'm like, is he a center fielder? But I guess not. But, hey, when – Making all the substitutions, trying to stay in the game or come back, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, Funny story, I actually yeah. didn't even have an outfield glove. Oh, really? So, like, when Coach Godwin told me, you know, you're going out to center next inning, I was, like, running around the whole dugout trying to find an outfield glove, and thankfully I found one. Did you have any balls hit to you? No. There was one ball that was hit, like, close between me and the left fielder, and I was just yelling at him to go catch the ball. <laughs> So that regional, uh, like, I know y'all try to block out the outside noise, uh, the, the Vanderbilt Super Regional, but did y'all, like, hear that whistler? That yeah. Annoying guy? Yeah, we sure did hear him, yeah. <laughs> that was just, uh, we the press box was located, like, right beside where he sat, so I got to say, that was mo- one of the most annoying experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I remember growing up, like, watching Vanderbilt, everyone know, you know, knows of him, and apparently the Vanderbilt fans aren't even, like, big fans of him. Yeah, they just, I mean... Who can be fans of a guy who whistles the whole game? It was, uh, it wasn't fun. So like Vanderbilt's a tremendous program, but hopefully Pirates stay away from going to any Vanderbilt regionals yeah, or super regionals. Okay um, well, look, man, y'all have been a part of uh, a lot of great wins here, a lot of great moments. You've, you've kind of gotten the knack, like the clutch gene has kind of been like one of your things that you've become known for a lot of huge hits, huge moments. And we, when we had Carter Cunningham in here a few weeks ago, he said that y'all brought in like a, what a breathing specialist almost to like slow things down in the moment. Yeah. So take us through that. Like how much kind of goes into just really like focusing and not making the moment too big or anything like that. Yeah. It's all about just controlling your, your heartbeat and your breath. Um, we spend a lot of time doing stuff like that off the field, whether it's the breathing training or, you know, team meditations and stuff, just doing everything we can to prepare us for those moments. So is that something? I, I, I'm assuming y'all doing that some in the past, but like, if it's the ninth inning and the game's on the line, do you like have to get out of the box and like breathe, or does it just happen naturally? I don't know. Yeah, you kind of build it into your routine, like pre-pitch routines. Like, you know, some people step out, undo their batting gloves, find a focal point on the bat, like take a deep breath, look at Coach Godwin, smile. <laughs> He's big on that smiling. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, last year in the Charlottesville Regional. I thought you tied the game with the grand slam, right? Or uh, the game tying homer. What did it fall like two feet short of the track? Yeah. Did you was, think you got it off the bat, or was it just uh, no? Nah, I, I knew I missed it immediately. Um, as soon as I hit it, I like kind of slammed my back because I knew right. I knew I missed it. But I was watching the left fielder like just keep going further and further back, and I was just you know devastated. I was, and it was so weird because their go ahead homer in that game. It was similar hit to a similar park opposite field off uh, landing again, and I was like, that was like a fly ball, and that one just yeah. kept going. So I yeah. guess the guy, the baseball guys were on the all side that day. Yeah, that's when we were still swinging Easton bats, and they had Rawlings bats. Uh, is that you no, think I'm that was kidding. it? No. No. <laughs> what, what do you uh, – so, so are you all going Rawlings this year? Yeah, this year we can either swing Rawlings or Easton. Okay. 
So what's the cool like bat now? Because like when I was growing up, it was completely different stuff. But is there like a cool like brand? I mean, obviously the Easton, and but is there like a type of the brand that y'all like? Uh, yeah, the Rawlings, they're pretty good. There's one back called the Icon, which is like the bright blue and. So a lot of guys swinging that. Yeah, range, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there's, wait, no, the Icon's the green one. The Cloud's the the bright blue one. Okay, that one's solid. I'm actually swinging an Easton right now. Okay. I don't know what it's called, but it feels good. Feels yeah. feels natural. Yeah, yeah. I took my two and a half year old son out yesterday, and he just said, "Blue bat, blue bat." So he likes the blue bat. So hopefully, a lot of y'all swing that this year. Um, what about the the gloves? Do y'all have Easton and Rawlings gloves, or is that? Uh, is that we too? we made the change my sophomore year. We switched to Rawlings. So okay. So yeah. do you have an outfield glove now? Still don't. <laughs> no. I think my outfield days are done here. Okay. I mean, you never know. Never Coach know. Gowan, he might throw you out there when you he least might. expect it. Um, so you've played mainly second base. Do you still like even like rep at shortstop or third or anything like that too, or is it mainly just second? Mainly just second. Uh, during BP, like I'll go over to short for a couple ground balls, just have some fun. Right. Yeah. What's the the connection like with you and Barini? Y'all have now played a long time together, kind of last year. So what is that you know double play connection like now? Uh, it's pretty special. He's been my roommate since my freshman year going back to the dorms um and you know just just being out there with him the past two years we've really you know we learned to talk more with each other uh neither of us are like really talking to people right. so you know building that connection is definitely going to help us on the field just you know being leaders in the infield and you know it helps us play better when we're talking so and you know y'all y'all do so much and every college team does a lot of defensive practice, but I feel like East Carolina really emphasizes it. So what's it like kind of a session with Coach Palumbo where he's just drilling ground balls at y'all? Yeah, uh, NDD, we take it pretty much every day. It's like 20 minutes, just, you know, you know, rapid-fire fun goes. You know, we do get-arounds, slow rollers, you know, forehands, backhands. We do everything. Uh, a lot of stuff on the clock. So we have, like, green runners, which are, like, plus runners gold red runners so we'll do like 27 outs and like split it up between you know the speed of the runner so just make it as game like as possible what do you feel like defensively because you know a lot of people just see it as filtering ground ball but you know you're doing backhands forehands balls right at you throwing off platform you know throwing coming into the hole in between first and second so like what are the areas of your game you feel like you've improved most defensively and then where do you want to keep growing at uh for me the biggest thing was just slowing my hands down like I naturally have like really fast hands, which you know is a is a positive, but you have to learn to control it. So a lot of ground balls, like I would just try to go too quick and I'd end up booting the ball. So you know we really started doing slow hands when I got here, which is like make sure you catch the ball first before you get up to throw it. And I think that's what's really excelled me defensively. Yeah. Um, Newton Smith on YouTube says, Star Man, my favorite player and great guy, so hey, you got a big fan out there. He <laughs> says, looking forward to watching you guys this season. Russ Walker says, enough of these team-building quality questions. Ask him who wins a fight between all the conference mascots. Do you even know all the conference mascots now that there's there's new, te- there's new teams? There's some now. new ones. You, you got UTSA Roadrunners. You got, uh, gosh, uh, the Rice Owls. You got the FAU Owls. Definitely not an Owl. And not an Owl. I mean, it's, it's tough to go against Pirates, right? Yeah. 
So we're going to go Pirates. Yeah, of course. We'll make it easy. Um, if you guys got any baseball questions, drop them on YouTube, Facebook. We'll get to them before uh, Jacob Starlin's time is up today. All right, so last year, something I noticed with you, like you started really emphasizing, you know, not only just pulling the ball, but using all fields. And I thought your, your game grew a lot because of that. So how much do you feel like that elevated your, you know, your approach? And is that something you're trying to, you know, I guess build on even more this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely know that I'm at my best when I'm using the whole field. And going from my sophomore to junior year, like, that's the area that I wanted to improve on the most because, you know, guys, pitchers nowadays are just so good. Like, they can locate, you know, any pitch they want to. So the more you can just, you know, see the ball, let it travel, the more the more success you're going to have. You know, with with your uh, with your plate approach, and you have – you hit some opposite field home runs. You've hit pull side home runs. How do you like hitting in Clark Leclerc where, like, it's a pretty – I don't know, I feel like it's a pretty hitter-filling part. Unless the wind's blowing in, then, you know, nothing's getting out. But it's a pretty good spot to hit, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, when the wind's blowing in, you know, nothing's going to leave the park yeah. that day. But when the wind's blowing out, it seems like any fly ball has a chance of leaving. So, Is there a guy you just like watching in BP right now who just crushes the ball? Yeah, Anything. there's there's a lot of guys, but I'd say JC is, has a pretty impressive BP, just backside, right over the wall. He hit a bomb this weekend, right? Yeah, absolute bomb, absolute bomb. Side. So who, who you think JC probably what hits the the farthest home runs right now? Who who has sneaky pop? Sneaky pop. Man. I feel like everybody says Barini when I ask. Barini does have sneaky pop. Yeah. Jacob Starlin, Riley sneaky, Johnson, sneaky pop. Riley Johnson, Riley Johnson, he's does. got sneaky pop. He he hit a bomb yesterday too. So uh, and he hit some no doubters. Like, he does. like when he when he when he hits him. So yeah, I was at second base and I I didn't move as soon as he hit it. I knew it was gone. Uh, Russ Walker says that was soft. I go. What about the dang dragon? Yeah, the UAB Blazer is pretty cool. So we'll have to get. I think we'll get PD versus the UAB Blazer. I don't know when y'all play them this My year. My money's on PD. Yeah, I'll, I'll take PD there. Um, is there a more a most memorable moment for you? I mean, you've had some huge hits, and you know the Texas game time homer has to be up there. But any any big memorable moments for you individually? Uh, you know, when you look back at your career thus far, mm. that's tough. There's a lot of them. Mm. What did it feel like hitting that the game time homer against Texas? Because like that was a, a no doubt. I guess it was a matter of if it stayed fair or not. But. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty uh, out-of-body experience as soon as I hit it. Um, everyone tells me that that's the loudest they've heard Clark Leclerc yeah. be, and I didn't hear a thing when I was around the bases. It just but, goes silent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot of big moments, so maybe we'll think about it during the break and you can give me your top top okay. three. How about that? All right, sounds good. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We will uh, continue our conversation with Jacob Starlin. We'll also go into his background Orlando, Florida guy, so what led him to East Carolina? We'll talk about that and more. With the season approaching, this is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Monday. Uh, we got a few minutes left with Jacob Starlin, ECU second baseman. We talked to Cam Clonch, ECU first baseman, earlier. Check that out. Hoist the colors, uh, 94.3 The Game YouTube page. All right, so if you got a, we got a few moments left. If you've got a question to get in for Star, drop it, and we'll get to it uh, before we get out of here. 
So we were we were going over some of your top hits, top moments in the break. We kind of decided on what the the UNC series last year. Y'all won both games. You had first a, two games, yeah. Yeah, lost the, the last one. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> you had the go ahead hit at in Chapel Hill mm-hmm. down the line, and then the go ahead hit. What in Greenville too? So both times. Yeah, yeah, Greenville. So those were pretty fun, fun moments for you, I guess. Yeah, you know, beating them at our place and then going over there and beating them at their place was something that I haven't done yet here. So, you know, that was really cool. And then you had a walk off as well, and then a big moment in the conference tournament. So take us through those. Uh, yeah, Missouri State uh, hit a walk off single against them. I remember I wasn't having like a great game before that, and I was just like. Walking out there, I was like, I better get a hit here and end this game. So, you know, that was cool to do that. And then the conference tournament, we were playing USF. I uh, hit a grand slam that originally they they didn't think was it was out. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. weird. And then ended up going to review, and they were like, okay, yeah, it was, it was over the fence. <laughs> now, was that the game? Was that the game y'all won, or was that the game they came back? That was the game we won, Okay, I want to say. Yeah, the, y'all played USF too many times in that final yeah. week and a half. That's all I remember. Jeez. It's, uh, it's not as many as Cincinnati, though, so at least they're <laughs> they're off the schedule. Um, all right, let's go into your background, man. You are a Florida guy, so maybe it's extra sweet when you're beating up on USF. Orlando, Florida, Winter Park High School. So take us through your recruitment. What led you to East Carolina? Yeah, um, I actually went to a school called Trinity Prep uh, for three years before I went to Winter Park. And cool story, Coach Godwin uh, actually recruited two other players from that high school when he was at two different schools. So he recruited Max Moroff, who, who was at UCF. Um, they recruited Ryan Olenek when he was at Ole Miss. And then he recruited me at ECU, so that's pretty cool. So and all three of those guys, including yourself, really good baseball players. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Must be a pretty good baseball school. Yeah, we, we had a lot of talent. Um Private schools down there, you know, they're just as good as, you know, the big public schools. Um, but, yeah, I was facing, like, draft prospects, you know, every week. So a lot of good competition for sure. Did you Were you recruited by, like, USF, UCF at all or any of those schools? Uh, a lot of them were sleepers. Yeah? Um, yeah. So I was actually it, talking to Florida the most. I really? And then, you know, they, you know, they kind of bailed out on me, so – so is, is it pretty sweet when you play those schools? Like it's kind of yeah. kind of like I know y'all say like each game is important and all that, which is like true. But like when you go back to Florida and play those teams and the conference tournament, it's gonna be pretty cool for you, right? Yeah, I'd say my freshman year, I definitely was like, you know, I wanted to beat them so bad, but you know, after that, I was like, you know, they're just another team. Like I don't need to have any feelings towards them. Just right. go out and play my game. I'll, uh, you just let us write about the story, and you yeah. can. You can uh, it's definitely play. fun, though, to you know when I get a hit to just you know look over at the dugout. <laughs> yeah, hey, y'all could have recruited me, yeah. Florida guy. Uh, all right, so I uh, this to a lot of guys that we have on. We'll go teammates first, and then we'll talk maybe just pitchers you face in general. So who's the who's the toughest pitcher in like inner squads right now for you? Right now, I I gotta say Trey. Um, I determined last week that his cutter is unhittable. <laughs> you see it out of his hand, and then next thing you know, it just disappears and right. it's in the dirt. So I definitely say Trey for inner squads. It's got to be one of the hardest cutters. I mean, like, because when he was in here, I was like, is it a slider or a cutter? 
Because, like, some scouts call it a slider, but I guess he calls it a cutter. Yeah, I think it's, like, 85, right, 86. So, but. so not, like, no 88-mile-an-hour slider or anything. <laughs> but 85 cutter when he's throwing 95 has got to be pretty tough. Yeah. No. It, might, it might be harder than that. I think it's, like, 87. Okay. Yeah. So, Trey is savage. Not a fun A-B. No. He's a big guy, too. So mm-hmm. he, And he's got kind of a funky, like, motion. Right. Kind of stops, then goes. So, yeah, I can imagine. What about Root, like, as a right-handed hitter? You know, he hides the ball well. He obviously throws hard, but he seems to, you know, with the changeup, kind of beat beat righties pretty consistently, too. Is he tough? Yeah, he's tough for sure. I mean, when you're throwing 95 miles an hour and have four pitches, like, it's really tough. Um, I think the last two times I faced him, I haven't seen a fastball yet. Really? Which, you know, I've been gearing up for that heater, and he just wants to throw me cutters on my hands. So, it's you know. It's got to be weird, like, y'all see each other – a lot, and you know, some guys take off some of the fall from pitching, but like, y'all know each other so well in inner squads. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I don't know. And I know that y'all have to approach it, and it's great practice because y'all are all great players. But eventually, you're just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of seeing Zach Root and, and Trey Savage's cutters, right? Yeah, there's a lot of mind games that go into it. Yeah, because they know our approach as hitters, so they try to pitch us backwards. But you know, hitters know that they're trying to do that too. So. Right. Kind of evens it out. So I'm sure it's a lot of fun, fun uh, rivalry. But, hey, almost here 11 days from different competition. Uh, any other pitchers outside of ECU that, like, just come to mind as far as opposing competition that are just nasty that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I could say Jack Leiter because I faced him pinch pinch at bat my freshman year. But right. um, I'm trying to think. UCF had some good pitchers my sophomore year. Yeah, they had uh, they that's had Connor Stain. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. They had a lot of guys. I remember throwing in the nineties that year. Yeah, Jack Leiter, were you a victim of getting a fastball or breaking ball called like six inches off the plate of strike? <laughs> no, um, I think I saw two pitches and swung on them both. I think okay. I saw a fastball which I fouled off, and then a slider that I put in play to short, and that was it. Okay, so hey, you made contact both times. Yeah. So. Didn't even let the umpire make a call, which is probably the right thing because that was a. I still remember Kumar Rocker striking out Seth Cadell on a pitch that was like over there, but it is what it is. Um, any other is so Clark Eclair is a great environment, and you know Vanderbilt was a great environment. Any other like road games that you enjoy playing in, or those environments on the road that come to mind? It's pretty tough. I mean, no place compares to this place. Like honestly. Um, I'd say the minor league stadiums that we go to are, you know, so cool. Just being in the locker room, um, seeing the purple and gold up there, it's awesome. Yeah, and it, I mean, ECU fans travel everywhere, so they it's do. almost like every game is a semi home game. So it's uh, looking forward to the season, which you guys are again 11 days away. Well, Jacob, appreciate the time, man, and we'll have you on again four more times throughout the season. So best of luck and uh, hope your toe feels better. But uh, otherwise, man, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is Jacob Starlin, East Carolina, second baseman. That will do it for today's show. Again, we'll have Star, we'll have Justin Wilcoxon, Cam Clonch, Carter Cunningham, and Trey Savage on throughout the season and on the Patrick Johnson show as well, 94-3 the game. Looking forward to them visiting all throughout the year and Cliff Goblin every Monday as well. All right, it is time to get out of here. Tomorrow we will play that Cliff Goblin interview on this show. We'll also catch up with Kaysen Romaley, talk some pirate basketball, and uh, see where the Pirates go as they get prepared to head to UTSA this weekend. This has been Hoist the Colors. We will see you all 12 noon on Tuesday.
This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 94.3 The Game.